Our passage today gives the very basis of that, one of the many. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It's found on page 940 in your pew Bible. You can also read along on the screen. 2 Corinthians 5, starting with verse 14. Let's, let's pray together. Gracious God, thank you for your written word. Thank you for as it speaks to us truth and life and love. And we ask that you would help us to hear from you, to receive from you. So that we might follow and live the fullness of life you have for us. In Jesus we pray. Amen. Hear the word of the Lord. For the love of Christ urges us on, because we are convinced that one has died for all. Therefore all have died. And he died for all so that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and was raised for them. From now on, therefore... We regard no one from a human point of view. Even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view, we know Him no longer in that way. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. All this is from God who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making His appeal through us, we entreat you on behalf of Christ Be reconciled to God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. On this day when we will ordain and install new officers, thought it would be very appropriate to remind each one of us here who are followers of Jesus Christ that we're all ordained for service. Even if you're visiting and you're a member of another church, and you're just here, you're, you're uh, new to the area. If you're, you call yourself a follower of Christ, you, you call Him your Lord and Savior, you're not off the hook. You also wear the robe and stole. Now, if you're visiting today because you're just checking it out, you're not a follower of Jesus yet, you just want to know, what does this mean? Well, let me tell you, you can't accept him without taking up this responsibility. It's part of the the package. It's part of the the whole Jesus that you take. Now, don't worry. You don't have to start preaching tomorrow. It's a whole, it's a journey. It's a relationship. But when you accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, you take him all. And as Jesus says throughout the scriptures, it's important if you're considering him that you count the cost. You count the cost of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And this is part of it. That the ministry of reconciliation that we will receive, that He, that he forgives us from our sins, cleanses us, makes us right with Him, is then a ministry that we are charged to carry out to others. 
And we are ordained at that ministry at the waters of baptism. So just so you know, if that's what you're considering, it is for all who accept him to then the waters of baptism become his ambassadors, as Paul says, become his ministers, his representatives of his good news. Now, it's not granted that the church, that any of us necessarily do it that well. We fail regularly. We also succeed at times to the glory of God and the power of His Spirit. But that's what the, the church, the gathered community, that's what we're supposed to do is to, to help one another do the work of living out this ministry of reconciliation. We're to, to challenge one another, encourage one another, support one another. So that we become, that we, we learn and we grow in, in being the ambassadors of Jesus' good news of His forgiveness, of His love, and the fullness of life. That, that's, all of that is, is encompassed in Paul's word of, of reconciliation. That we are reconciled with God and one another. That we have a good relationship. That's what reconciled means. Is that we used to have a bad one, and now we have a good one. We have a good relationship with God and a good relationship with one another. It's another thing, for those of you that are considering Jesus, there is no option of just you and Jesus. They're like two hinges on a door. You, know, you can't pick one to swing and the other one to stay still if you're going to walk through it. He, he's not only going to clean up your walk, your relationship with Him, but He's going to clean up your relationship with others. It is because when we accept Him as Lord and Savior, it is the love of Christ that then becomes our controlling power. Not the love of anything else. It is His love within us, as well as our love for Him, that becomes, He's both the subject and the object, for those grammar teachers out there. We, in Him, are made new. Again, that's what Paul says. We become a new creation. This, this ministry of reconciliation makes us new. We are new in our relationship with God and with one another. It makes those relationships real, authentic, deep, and honest with Him and with one another. Just as we went through, you know, to say, you know, be real, take responsibility for this time of confession with God. Because as we get real with Him, authentic with Him, then He leads us to get real and authentic with one another. And that's really when it gets messy. But that's what Jubilee is. Jubilee is that freedom, that authenticity, that realness in relationships with one another, that honesty that we have with God and with one another. I mean, we don't just go through confession forgiveness and passing of the peace because we got to put it in there some way. They are, they are directly related to one another. Incomplete without the whole. And, and we do that so as to be a reminder for us that that, even though it's just you know, five minutes, but that's what forms us. That's who we are, right with God, receiving and celebrating His love and then sharing it with one another. That's how we breathe 
in this new creation. Paul also sets to us here how Jesus' sacrificial life is what is the key, the foundation for this ministry of reconciliation with God and one another, of right relationship, relationship that was bad, made good with Him and with one another. It is through His sacrifice, through His humility, it's through His death that leads to resurrection. And if we pursue Him, if we follow Him, we will go the same path. It will lead to death before it will lead to life. There's only one way to get to resurrection. And that's through the cross. And that's what this whole process is. It's not only reconciliation with God and with others. It's reconciliation with self. That's the the beauty and the explosion of what we call a jubilee community. Now, uh, I sort of got this on the brain uh, this morning because... uh, Friday and Saturday, the elders and the deacons and the staff of the church, the the, the official leadership of the church, met for a retreat for 24 hours. 90% of us were there. And and that was our question. How do we believe that God has given us this vision, this picture of how we enact on our little grain of sand on the beach of God's kingdom, how we enact God's kingdom is a jubilee community. And what we've said is that it's, we're connecting, we're serving, and we're celebrating. And we honed in that we are, we are called in this ministry of reconciliation, this jubilee community, to focus on connecting with one another within the walls of College Hill Presbyterian Church. And it came out of the retreat. The reason that's where we've got to focus is, is because we need it. We're broken. In some ways, it's a real active bitterness towards another person, towards the past, or towards just the church. In other ways, it's just a passive indifference. You know, the church is sort of like the mall. You come in, you go to the store, you get what you want, and then you leave. Maybe you're nice and you wave to the people you pass by. But it's just sort of the distributor of spiritual goods. That's what I'm getting at with that whole idea of making things rote versus real. It came up in the the retreat, some of the active issues that that we face here had to do with our recent history. Now, by recent, I mean 15 years ago. For some of you, you'll have to live through this as I recount some of this because you weren't even born. And and some of you are visiting here and sorry. Sometimes you just got to have a little family meeting. You're welcome. Glad you're here. It'll give you a little more insight into who we seek to be. But for some of you, there's still pain. There's still bitterness 
towards the split that happened here 15 years ago. And you know, it's just time to address it. Be honest with yourself, honest with God, and honest with whatever entity you're angry with. Name it, speak it, lay it at the cross. It's time to deal with it. It's time to take responsibility for the bitterness within you. For some of you, it may be the dismissal of Pete Reed. I said it out loud. (laughs) And again, a lot of you are looking, what's he talking about? Sorry. Sorry about that. But that's part of Jubilee, is you speak it out loud. You're honest. You put it out there. and, And you deal with it. For others of you, it may be the closing of celebration and the movement into heritage and kaleidoscope or one of the billion decisions that was in that process around four years ago, five years ago. And there's a bitterness within you that needs to be reconciled. That needs to be addressed, needs to be spoken out loud at the foot of the cross, and it needs to be spoken towards another if there's someone else you can speak it to. There will be elders in the prayer room at the conclusion of the service. If there's just some issue, especially within the family, that you need to deal with, they'll be in there. To pray with you and for you. They may have had nothing to do with it. The only thing we can do is bring it before the Lord. And then pursue what are the path we can take towards reconciliation within the community of faith. Because if we can't do it here. How in the world are we going to be able to do it out there? You see? It's painful. Already happening. Good stuff. It's good stuff. There might be tears before there's laughter. Let them speak it, Dad. Better be quiet or I'm going to lose a family. And the good news is, this also came out of the retreat. Because there's always good news along with the challenges. There's always grace in the face of sin. And I'll be clear, that's what this is. Bitterness is sin. It is that which gets in the way of our relationship with another. That is antithetical to the gospel. That is the denial of the work of Jesus. That is the refusal of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And be clear, this does not mean agreement. Some of you know, you've walked this path, and you've knocked on my door, and you've come into my office, and you've shared where you were mad with me, and you know I'm a stubborn old cuss. And you know that I will pursue reconciliation, trying best I can to understand and hear where you are, and then I will be sure to communicate where I'm coming from. And more times than not, I'm not going to agree with you. 
At least then. Yeah, it's part of the, you know, Jesus is still working on me. I may or I may not. That's not reconciliation. That is not agreement. If we agreed, we wouldn't need reconciliation. It means that we are committed to the same Jesus. And we are therefore committed to one another. But how it reveals itself in our lives may be very different. But reconciliation trumps whatever our issues, convictions are, except for the conviction of Jesus being Lord and Savior. Now, the good news, I was about to get there, and then I got offset, didn't I? The, the good news, one of them is, is that, we, that I've experienced, and I asked their permission in the middle of the service, last service at nine. You know, not the best timing. Um, but they were very gracious because the choir is dealing with some of that right now. There was a rumor somehow got started four or five years ago in all the, the changes that happened then that the choir was being ushered out the door. We we're trying to get rid of them. Rumor, no basis in fact that I can find. And they're finally speaking it out loud to one another. Having some conversations. Talking with one another. Saying this is wrong. We need to get right with one another and get right with them. Whoever them is. That's a seed of really good news. Then getting it out in the open. Only after five years. Man, that's quick for Presbyterians. <laughs> Another one. It's, it's, you know, we, we're committed to reconciliation within the community and within the church, within the, the larger community. And that's starting to happen. And we're, we'll, we see here, as we'll see in a moment, as we've seen up here, a, a broader diversity in the pigment of the skin of people. That are a part of us. And you know when that happens? Then differences in experiences can show up. Differences in our histories and in our stories begin to show up. And that's happening now. In one little Sunday school class. They they grabbed me in the atrium. We need to talk about racism in our Sunday school class. I'll pray for you. (laughs) We need to talk about racism and the church. That's seed sprouting of reconciliation. Of saying, there's there's something. And and what's happening is that folks are saying... Yeah, there, that's mess right there, and we've got to deal with it. That's actually in between you and me. You may not see it, but I see it every day. And we've got to talk about it. And that's starting to happen. In conversations, and in relationships, and even in a Sunday school class. That's the, the Spirit at work fulfilling the vision that the Spirit has given to us. To really connect with one another. 
just even the bigger picture. Look at the bigger picture too. For whatever your relationships are. I mean, I've been really honed in on the church because for us, at College Hill Presbyterian, because it's got to be dealt with. We've got to reconcile with one another. We've got to be connecting with one another in that Jubilee community. But, this is for those visitors that just happen to walk into the family meeting. It's the case for any follower of Jesus in any relationship. At home, at work, where you play, where you go to school. We have been ordained in the waters of baptism to carry out the ministry of reconciliation with one another. Where is that place for you? Where is that seed of bitterness that Jesus wants to turn into a seed for a flower? There may be some of you here that are visiting from another church and coming into this and part of the reason that you're coming into this is because of the seed of bitterness at the church you just left. It may be best for you to consider going back and addressing it. Then once you've addressed it, come on. <laughs> because I was tempted to say to folks, you know, if it's a seed of bitterness and if you can't deal with it, then it, maybe it's better for you to leave here. But you know, that would not be loving to you. It'd be a lot easier for me. But it wouldn't be loving. Stay and deal with it. Because, good news for you, when you go somewhere else, you're going to take yourself with you. And you're going to find there's a common denominator. So might as well go ahead now and stay and deal with whatever those seeds of contention are. I had other stuff on the, the serve. It was really nice, three points. Seminary professor would have been happy. But, for whatever reason... It was either the spirit or the lack of sleep I got at the retreat. Really felt the need to focus there today. But the, the second point was you know, that we're also then called to serve. And to serve the world. And look in the passage. Jesus died for the world, not the church. Died for the world. We die with him in order to serve the world. And that was part of the reason that we had the, the, the staff out there, if you noticed. And we're going to do it once, once a quarter, thereabouts. You know, you see folks, these little name tags on. So you know who we are, at least what we're supposed to do. And it may be that you're recognizing your ordination, 
that you, you don't have a, a seed of bitterness within you. It's just not there. Well, that's great. Then the Lord's calling you saying, well, what, where are you serving? Where, where are you serving Him? And, and how can you serve Him? So we had staff lined up there, but I don't, I'm not going to go into that. I've spent long enough. And I don't want us to bypass the first point. It may be even. Maybe that your seed of bitterness and contention is with the staff. Maybe a particular one. And your responsibility is to address it. Don't do it in the atrium now. <laughs> but just say, you know, set up the appointment or get the number. Otherwise, you know, connect with the folks that God has called and led here to serve to equip, to empower, to enable, to work, to do all that they can in order to help us serve the world in the ministry of reconciliation of Jesus Christ. That is why we're here. If you don't do it today, again, we'll try to be before us every quarter. As followers of Jesus Christ, you, each one of you, this isn't y'all here, this is you singular, you have the responsibility to carry out the ministry of reconciliation, to carry out your ordination that you received at baptism, to be reconciled with God to be reconciled with one another and to serve the world in the character of Jesus. Go for it. If you need permission, you got it. Go. Give them heaven. In every way you can. And as we bring the elders and deacons, the new elders and deacons forward. Notice that, yeah, they're ordained and installed, but not into ministry, but into a particular function of ministry. For all of us are ordained. Amen. Let me invite the elders and deacons, the new elders and deacons to come forward. Line up here. Be very careful when you come up here. We have lighting's really funny. And as they come forward, just a reminder that, as I was just saying, they are ordained and installed for a particular arena of ministry, of, of leadership for this particular congregation. And we take this time in order to offer them up over the course of this, this year, these new officers... Offer them up to God for God's spirit and God's work within them because they're going to need it. It's going to be a challenge for them with, among themselves to carry out the ministry of reconciliation. To be open, to be honest, to experience the jubilee in the midst of the differences and the struggles and the challenges and the decisions we have before us. And that's just next week, let alone next month. But it's an ordination with a particular function, the particular 
role. To serve in this congregation so that we might all be able to serve the world.